Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in film, Devin. And today, we're here to cover and review the latest Marvel film of 2023, The Marvels. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at FilmOptics, or you can email us at FilmOptics, that is optics with an X, at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, what's going on? How you been, buddy? How you feeling? Feeling good. Just got through our, our glorious purpose, Loki season two review. That was a good time. Great season, great series. Now we're here. Um, definitely, definitely a different vibe for this one, but should be a good time. Yeah, I, I feel like the vibes are, I mean, it's very different from Loki, but for me, it's it's all the higher, further, faster type situation. I think the, I think the vibes for me are, to a certain point, um, it really just depends. We're definitely going to get into this review here for the Marvels. Uh, before we we do, just want to let you guys know, we're not going to get into spoilers for this, uh, especially for the uh, two post-credit scenes. There are two post-credit scenes in this film that we're not going to talk about. We are going to keep this spoiler-free um, for everyone to enjoy because we do want people to go see the movie and, of course, form their own opinions. We hope that you enjoy it as well and yeah i'm glad that uh you've you've been you've been good we're kind of just you know doing a little batch recording here today it's it's always it's it's marvel friday for us superhero friday however you want to call it heroic friday fantastic friday all that jazz but as we mentioned we are going to be getting into our spoiler free review of the marvels no spoilers whatsoever i just want to make that very clear for this review so without further delay we'll be right back after this introduction to the marvels it's been unbelievable holding on to this for so long and just seeing all these incredible things coming to life cut to marvel flip logo It's been a long time coming. I think there are a lot of fans who have been patiently waiting to see what Captain Marvel has been up to. Carol Devers. Nick Fury. Prodigal child of the Milky Way. After the first film, we're at an interesting spot. She's dealing with being on her own. And then suddenly she's thrust into a situation. With this new team, grappling with what it means to be a leader. I know that this situation isn't ideal, but got a plan. I'm really excited for audiences to see the kind of Marvel movie they haven't seen before. It's been really cool teaming up together. We've just had the best time. That's the kind of stuff you can't plan for. It's just chemistry. It's just magic. I feel like I'm winning at life at the moment. Captain Marvel. You took everything from me. I think these three heroes are really special, so I'm really excited for audiences to see these three women come together on the big screen. I'm feeling so many feelings right now. 
And we are back with our The Marvels review. And the synopsis is as follows for those who are not aware, because it's been a while since we've had a Captain Marvel slash Miss Marvel slash um, Tiona Paris-esque adventure. Carol Danvers gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan, played by Amon Vellani, and Monica Rambeau, played by Tiana Paris, forcing them to work together to save the universe. The director of this film is Nia DaCosta. The, uh, the writers of this film also include Nia DaCosta, Megan McDonald, and Alyssa Karasik, and stars, shocker, Brie, uh, Brie Larson, Tiana Paris, or Tiana Paris, excuse me, and Iman Vellani. Those are the three main stars of this movie. Of course, we do get a little bit of Samuel Jackson in here and a few other small little surprises, uh, like I said, mainly with the post credit scenes. But we're going to dive straight in to our thoughts here. I'm going to pass it over to Devin so we can give his thoughts on the Marvels. Going into this one, um, definitely had a fair amount of excitement. Um, I know, obviously, there's going to be a lot of discourse around anything related to a female-led property like this. Um, the first one had its drama, and and it was very um, unwarranted because the first movie is completely fine. Like it's harmless. I don't know why so many men out there have the need to to put it down and put down Brie Larson in general. Um, so. That, that's always going to be the case for something with, with her attached. And even um, Amon Vellani, despite being a, a very new actress, um, her show definitely got some hate as well. Um, and I just think that this trio of actresses just does such a good job, and their chemistry on screen is, is so so great. Um, obviously, there are some issues with this movie. I don't think it's as bad as some people want to say it is. Some people are saying this is like MCU is crumbling type of bad. I just don't think it's that bad but I also don't think it was particularly very good because of some of the issues that that come up with this one um, it is um, the shortest MCU movie which is kind of interesting it's like an hour 45 minutes which is the shortest of any MCU movie which I don't think is a, is a, is a bad thing inherently um, but I do think it kind of leads to a bit of a rush story um, and I think I think maybe the biggest issue for me is kind of an issue that we've been having these past couple of years with Marvel, and it's just the CGI issues where there are a few scenes in this one that are just are very rough on the eyes. And I saw it in IMAX, which might have made it worse because you're seeing it more clearly and on a bigger screen. But some of the scenes, just like, same with the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, like some of the scenes are just rough. Like, I understand it's not it's not the workers fault because they're, they're being crunched and they're being mismanaged by Marvel and they have to kind of fix that and get a new system in place to, to fix their CGI issues. But I think that's a big part of, of what the issue is for this one, as well as, um, one probably might be one of the worst villains we've had in the MCU, just completely forgettable. Like if you, if you were to ask me her name right now, I could not tell you, <laughs> are, are you, are, are you able to remember her name right now? Yeah, it's because I'm looking at the IMDb uh, sheet list. See, that's that's cheating. But, <laughs> but if you weren't, if I weren't, no, um, I honestly couldn't even tell you the actor's name if I didn't look at. I the, do know the actress' name because uh, I don't know if you knew, but she's married to Loki. They are married. Really? Like so lady, was quite, lady Loki was quite, or 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 no, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, 
So last night that. was quite the night for them. Premiere for nice. her and the, the finale for Tom. Oh, oh man, the Brits kind of stick together. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. But um, I do. So first thing I'll say for oh sorry, are, are you finished with yours? I didn't want to cut you off there. Yeah, I'll say overall, um, definitely had its, its moments. There are definitely some fun times. Um, I think I liked it more than Quantumania because it didn't take itself as seriously. In fact, it didn't really take itself very seriously at all throughout, which I can definitely see it being, that being an issue for a lot of people. But um, I didn't find it too. It wasn't too crazy, but mm. definitely can understand some of the issues that people are having. Yeah. So um, for my thoughts, um, I will actually say off the bat, I actually disagree about the CGI. I think that the CGI was actually uh, was was good. This time around, I also saw it in IMAX and I thought that, you know, with this movie being pushed back so many times, I think it was four times, you know, there's bound to be trouble with the um, with, with the project altogether. There, there were just certain times where specifically um, Captain Marvel, you would just see she kind of has that flash face where something's not right and just has that kind of uncanny valley cgi look to it whenever they're whenever they're in like an intensive action scene oh maybe i didn't notice it as well but yeah i mean you know to each their own i you know some i haven't heard too much about the cgi altogether but yeah like uh you know if if that's a if yeah i didn't i don't know i just didn't notice it but maybe i need to see it again i'm not entirely sure or maybe i just wasn't paying attention but yeah um, overall i didn't have i didn't have any issues with the cgi altogether but what what uh, Devin was saying, you know, when, like he said, unfortunately, when it comes to female-led anything, uh, mainly superhero movies, um, there's this toxic, uh, dark energy of you know Twitter users and keyboard warriors online. Uh, I've seen multiple just random like troll accounts like calling like other females like or girls or women on Twitter ugly because they liked, they enjoyed the Marvels altogether. Uh, like Devin said, it is the shortest Marvel movie to date. I think it's, I think the second shortest would be maybe multiverse of madness. I think that's around two hours exactly, but, and I, I've, I've been watching a lot of people's reactions and I think um, there's two reactions that I, resonate with the most the first one comes from uh jared buckendall from j buck studios um he did a little snippet review of the marvels and he said that watching the marvels if you've never seen the marvel uh if you've never seen miss marvel not even miss marvel captain marvel there's a lot here because in order to fully understand the marvels you have to watch captain marvel you have to watch Miss Marvel, the television show starring Iman Vellani, and you have to watch WandaVision. Yeah, that, that's one thing I was going to mention. Um, if you did not like Miss Marvel, then like there might be nothing here for you because she is like a major focus. Obviously, she's one of the three main characters, but also just moving forward, the future of the MCU, it's looking like a lot of Miss Marvel, which is good for us because mm. we're, we're both big fans. Yeah. Well, yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, Jeremy Buckendall was saying that 
Uh, and to my point, Jared Buckendall was saying that watching, if, if you've never seen Captain Marvel, watching the Marvels is kind of like watching Empires. He said it's like watching, not Empire Strikes Back, like watching Return of the Jedi and not watching Empire Strikes Back. Because there's a lot of things that are, people are going to be kind of lost, you know, just going into the Marvels. It's like, oh, well, I know Captain Marvel. They might have seen the Captain Marvel film, but they may not even know who Amon Vellani is or Tiona Paris. So they're going to be like, oh, like, well, who are these two people? They seem to know each other very, very well. And I think if the movie was able to stand on its own to say, hey, you know, you don't need to watch, you know, three different storylines in order to watch this. Like, obviously, if you want to watch Captain Marvel beforehand, that's an easy, like, watch. And then you watch the new one. Okay, you know, you're all caught up. Go on about your day. But there's there, there was, I think that's the biggest issue that this movie has is that we've gotten to the point where now we have a Mandalani on screen. This is, you know, she's, she's on the silver screen as Miss Marvel. And, you know, it's great to have her, you know, that representation up there. But people may not know who she is because they probably didn't watch her television show. For us, watching the Marvels, uh, or watching Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel and WandaVision really enhanced our experience because we are all caught up with the Marvel storyline because it's kind of our job. <laughs> but not only that, but it, it's, you know, we are big fans of comic book movies and television shows. So, you know, that, that's what we do for, for better or for worse. Um, but there's another reaction out there that I resonate with uh as well, and that's with uh, Austin Burke at the Burkinator on Twitter. He tweeted, "The Marvels at its best. Um, it's at its best when our trio is on screen, displaying an incredible amount of chemistry. With Amon Vellani being the standouts, and when she totally is, oh captain, my captain." Um, <laughs> Uh, and then Austin further goes along to say that the attempt to uh, balance the unnecessary overstuff plot in off of that, that is where the movie kind of falls flat. And the writing for the villain is really poor. He said it's fun, but messy. And I agree that it can be messy at times, especially with the editing. During the very beginning, within the first few scenes of the movie, they are just jumping everywhere yeah it's not it's not really um it's kind of abnormal to have like um like a a recap it's kind of like a series recap like like in every episode of loki you get previously on loki it's like we got one of those in this movie it's kind of weird to get that in a movie yeah and like i i feel like if they would have just if marvel would have released like a recap video like on twitter to share online for people who may not have time to again watch three different storylines in order to understand this storyline i think that would have been ideal um like i don't know a five minute you know catch up thing because that's what netflix does very well is that when a show has is returning and it's been a few years there's like a two to three, like two to four minute recap of what's happened before for people who may have forgotten because it's been so long. And, you know, if you don't want to go back and rewatch an entire season, 
But yeah, it, it felt a bit all over the place. Um, I think the biggest, the two biggest issues I had um, in, you know, I'm not trying to knock on the movie because I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like Austin Burke said, like, you know, when, when, um, when Tiana Paris or Monica Rambeau, uh, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel on screen, it is a fun time. There's a lot of great scenes between the three of them. A lot of fun, quirky scenes as well. You know, you get to see, um, Miss Marvel just geek out that she has finally met like the person that she's idolized more than anyone else in the entire world. And she's acting as if any fan would act if they met like their childhood hero or just a, you know, a celebrity or whoever it may be that they look up to that, you know, that's not really a part of your life. So I thought that was great. And I thought the action was amazing. It was really interesting how they were able to have their powers intertwined for a certain time where it's like you, you really had to explain how that works or else it wasn't going to. And I think it worked for the most part because I think it's when either like two or I think it's at least two out of the three use their powers simultaneously. It causes them to switch. Yeah, I really like the was dynamic that was- they had with, with the power switching um, thing. And I think they did a good job of representing that on screen and yeah. the, the hijinks that can ensue from that. Just them figuring it all out. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I really, I think that's what this movie does really well. Um, it's just, you know, outside of like, I thought it was beautifully shot. You know, I saw an IMAX. It looked great. You know, me personally, I thought the CGI looked looked really well. You know, it's not mind boggling or anything, but like. It's better than what we've seen with, uh, you know, uh, not the not the previous Marvel movie, which was Guardians of the Galaxy, but Ant Man and the Wasp, and of course, um, with Secret Invasion, it looked leagues better. I I don't I don't know if I agree with that one to be honest. I think it it reminded me of Quantumania. That was the biggest issue. Another another thing another thing I was going to bring up. This is kind of just an MCU issue as a whole. That that they just are so all over the place when it comes to the tone for Nick Fury. Like he is a completely different person in this movie. And I understand part of it is like at one point he probably was a scroll and that's a different person, but to have the Nick Fury, we got in secret invasion, which was pretty much completely serious for the most part. And then in this movie where he is literally every line he has is him either cracking a joke or just like doing or saying something funny, just, just felt off. I mean, we're used to having Nick Fury crack those jokes, but to crack them like back to back to back to back. Yeah. Yeah. It was like literally everything. Every time he, he said anything. Yeah. And I think that might be to the point where, you know, he knows Carol personally. I mean, obviously you knew Tony Stark personally to a point, but, you know, he he had adventures with Carol and then, of course, with Monica Rambeau. But yeah, I, I do agree that, you know, depending on depending on the Marvel uh, movie or television show, if Nick Fury shows up, it is all over the place. Uh, but the Kree and the Skrulls are both in this movie. And while we're, you know, the Skrulls are here, and I was thinking like, okay, what is happening back on Earth? Because Secret Invasion said that they're everywhere. And it's, I think... 
I think that show really messed up a lot of stuff. It, it's made it very messy. Not saying that this, um, you know, made it further messy because, you know, the, the scrolls are scattered throughout the galaxy. They don't, they don't really have a home. But um, back to the villain really quick. Um, yeah, I got to say, yeah, if, if I wasn't looking at IMDb right now, I could not have told you what their villain's name was. She, she literally just, just sprouts up and there's like, here's the villain. This is what you get. And she's been in other Marvel properties before, but it's like she was for. I mean, and I hate to sound negative, but she she was kind of forgettable then. Like, I remember her in the first Marvel's movie. I believe she was in Captain Marvel. Was she? I don't know if she was in anything else. She was somewhere. I, I swear I've seen her somewhere. I don't see it on her IMDb. I don't see it on IMDb either. Maybe I'm just... She was somewhere. <laughs> I could have sworn that she was, but I could be... I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, not a very remem- uh, memorable villain. Again, I don't think every superhero villain has to have this intricate backstory and like all these layered characters. I think Marvel has indirectly kind of written, uh, created a problem from themselves when they've created Loki and especially Thanos and especially Killmonger. Uh, when it comes to the villains, because now they kind of expect every villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have this deep backstory, this layered past. And sometimes, you know, villains are just villains. Villains are going to villain. They're, they're going to do do their own thing. But yeah, I I mean, I knew what she was doing because, you know, they explained it to us. But at first, I had no clue what her plan was. And then... Uh, the final battle with, battle with her was, it was okay. Like, I mean, it kind of ended pretty quickly, but she like she was a threat, but not. She was a threat up to a point, and then she kind of just weathered away. But it it was I don't know. They didn't really care too much for the villain. I gotta say. Yeah, that was definitely a major issue. But outside of that, um, I I thought it was you know we we kind of get to see a little bit of moments where. Where Amon Valani or Miss Marvel gets to, you know, kind of study under two heroes, or it's especially uh, Captain Marvel, when it comes to you know you can't save everyone, type of situation where she kind of learns that lesson a little bit, where you know it's it, the grass is not always greener on the other side when it comes to being a hero. Not every hero, um, you know, say comes in to save the day or can save everyone. As we've seen in Spider-Verse, um, that's one of the um, most memorable lines is that, you know, the hardest thing about this job is that you can't save everyone. And I think um, that Miss Marvel had a little bit of uh, taste in that with this movie. But, yeah, I mean, and of course we get uh, Miss Marvel's family back. Yeah, they got a, they got way more screen time than I was expecting. They were in the whole movie. Pretty much. it's It reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Blue Beetle, almost in a way, where, you know, the family yeah. doesn't necessarily take too much of a backseat. Like, they're kind of part of the story in a way. And, you know, they get a lot more screen time and they just were able to, um, you know, have fun with it. It was great to see, um, you know, uh, Miss Marvel's uh, parents, uh, Kamala Khan's parents uh, back in the mix. But 
Yeah, let's get into our final thoughts and our ratings here. Devin, I'll pass it back over to you. Yeah, final thoughts. I think I think this movie is just kind of a, a middling Marvel a movie overall. Like, there's, there's a lot of issues, but there's also a lot to like, um, which you can say about a lot of Marvel movies. But I think this one, it's definitely getting some unfair hate because of the obvious reasons. And um, overall... If if you like Miss Marvel at all, like you need to see this movie because she is the star and will be, continue to be a star of the MCU, which is very cool to see. Um, definitely make sure you hang around for the mid credit scene because that's also a, a very big deal for the future of the MCU. Sets up a lot of interesting things, and I think for me the the end kind of clip of this movie and the mid credit scene were my favorite part, which isn't always necessarily a good sign for a movie, but. Um, I think overall for me, the biggest issues were the villain being possibly the worst in the MCU. And then also we get, I mean, if you can think of a worse one, feel free to let me know, but I I don't know. Ghost was pretty forgettable too, from Ant-Man and the Wasp too. Yeah, that's up there. But I think she's coming back. Isn't she coming back for Thunderbolts? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She is coming back for Thunderbolts. So she might have a redemption arc because Marvel is good at, you know, they're really good at like introducing like a villain that isn't super well liked or like it's kind of like meh, and then like they get like a revamp and then everyone loves them. Heck, they did it with Thor because Thor was Thor's storyline was drowning after the Dark World and especially after um, Age of Ultron. Like I did not care about Thor. And then Thor Ragnarok came out and they were able to like revitalize him. So hopefully they'll be able to do the same for um, Ghost. Yeah. And then um, I mentioned the CGI. I think the main reason the CGI is, is off for me, I think just in general for Captain Marvel and her power set, it just doesn't look very interesting visually. And there's not really much you, you can do because she's kind of just like a ball of energy. Like that's kind of just what her power is at the end of the day. Yeah. It's kind of hard to make that look interesting. I think that's a big part of it for me. Um, but like I said, I love, I love the three of these, um, actresses on screen together. I think they are some great, great characters. And I think at the end of the day, it was, it was a good time. Um, but the, the story felt very rushed at times. Um, and like you mentioned, some of the editing, editing was a bit off. Um, so with all those issues, um, I'd say the good still outweighs the bad. I would still recommend it for the most part. I'd probably give it around like a 62 overall. Mm. Like obviously there's, there's still those issues, but it's pretty harmless at the end of the day. Like you can just sit down and, and get through this one quickly. And yeah. if you, if you like these characters, then it's an easy watch, but if you don't, yeah. it's going to be an issue. Well said, honestly. And I also just want to kind of point out, um, their new, like the costumes look great. Like their old costume, even like the new costumes they get, throughout this movie, they look like very, very sharp. Um, but yeah, uh, pretty much, uh, my, my final thoughts, they kind of align, uh, with Devin outside of the CGI thing, but I feel like that's, that's a bit fair. Cause it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm used to like balls in it, like Dragon Ball Z. I'm used to that kind of stuff. So that kind of what it's like, what it reminds me of for Carol, Dan- uh, for Carol Danvers's power set, excuse me. But yeah, I've, I agree with Devin. I think the the good definitely does outweigh the bad. You know, I think we've pretty much enjoyed it for for what it was. I would give it a sixty five. 
out of 100, nothing super crazy. You know, Devin gave it, uh, what, you said 62 out of 100? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like that's totally fair. It's it's not a bad movie, but like, you know, if like Devin said, if you are a Amon Vellani fan, if you are a, you know, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, or Catherine Marvel. Yeah, I mean, the, the end of this movie had me just, just very excited for th- the future. And I think that's kind of what Marvel's obviously known for, but... And I like how we're finally able to, I mean, obviously can't talk about it, but like, yeah, Amon Vellani, Miss Marvel is like the, she, she's the main character fo- focal point. And I can't wait to see uh, where else she appears. You know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, she, she's a, Amon Vellani is a massive MCU fan herself. And I think that makes it that much more enjoyable is that you have someone who is like, you know, I think she's like in her mid twenties or early twenties, you know, she's a big Kamala Khan fan. Like she, she basically, yeah, that's what it, makes it feel Kamala. so real on the screen. Yeah. It makes it feel so real. And you know, the passion that she puts into it and like her line delivery, like all, all like every word that was written for it. it was, it's great. Like she's so funny and just the, the biggest like fangirl in the world. Like, you know, a little bit dorky, a little bit awkward, but, you know, she still knows how to pack a punch. So with all that said, um, Devin gave a six, uh, 62 out of 100 for the Marvels and I gave it a 65. So I believe the medium will be like a 63.5 or is that a 64.5 math wise? We can say 63.5 just to make it a little bit easier so that will be our official podcast score 63.5 out of 104 the marvels so with all that said that does conclude today's episode if you enjoy what you heard make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform of choice and make sure to follow us on twitter instagram and threads at film optics that is optics with an x and don't forget to share an episode of our podcast with a fellow movie lover whether it be your mother your brother or your significant other spread the love for the film optics podcast to a movie lover in need and now let's take a sneak peek of what's coming up next on the show what's coming up next that you can look forward to it's going to be our the Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I believe we're also covering Poor Things as well, as soon as I can see it. Because <laughs> Devin's already oh, seen you're, it. You're not ready. I'll just say that. Oh, boy. Um, we, we, we can try to do Next Goal Wins, possibly, because I do want to check that out for uh, Taika Waititi's next film. We're, we're big Taika fans around here. But um, as far as new releases that you can uh, listen to as a friend, now, uh, we just finished our Loki Season 2 review, Episodes 2 through 6, the final five episodes of Loki Season 2 that you can um, look for, uh, that you can check out on the podcast right now as it's recording, and our Invincible Season 2 review, Part 1, Episodes 1 through 4, and our Five Nights at Freddy's review, that is for the free for everyone to listen to at your leisure. So thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay connected with us by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads for the latest updates. That was Devin and I'm Christian signing off. And remember, 
Life is like a movie. So go out there and make it a blockbuster. Peace. Higher, further, faster, baby.